You win this battle, man, I soon be dead. I'll glue your face to my dick so I can fuck with your head. I got metaphors coming through my pores. You've probably never been in a battle before, so I hope you realize your mistake. There ain't no party cast of candles, this won't be a piece of cake. Put Folks, welcome to the Before Hours Podcast, an internet radio phenomenon hosted by an occasional morning person. I ask the most interesting people I know about their sleep, their routine, life, love, stress, setbacks, and whatever else comes to mind. If you want to talk to us, you could do so. Email us. The Before Hours Podcast at gmail.com. I'll read it on the air. But for now, we have friend, comedian, and former building mate, Camille Roberts. Oh, yeah. We did overlap by like four days. Yes. And I was like, don't live here. We met um, at a comedy club. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, genius recognizes genius. So we started chit-chatting. And then I moved to a new building. And then one day you were in that building. Yeah. Different apartments, but same building. Yeah. How is that working out for you? It's, uh, well, I did not know <laughs> this when I moved in. Apparently there is a family that lives above me. There. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who used to be your, so you used to live above me too, but you didn't live with the family. Oh, the one that was across. Yeah. No, I did not live with the family, mm-hmm. but yeah, they're it's interesting. Yeah. They have several children. Mm-hmm. And so my idea, I'm not a father. I'm not a brother. I'm an only child. Mm. <laughs> it sounded like I was saying I'm not black. Uh, <laughs> um, but so I don't know how kids work, but I thought that they would be asleep by midnight. No, that family is awake. Running around and moving furniture. And that's not a euphemism. I mean, literally moving couches across the rooms. It seems at 2 a.m. Yeah. Just crazy. And I'm a heavy sleeper and they wake me up. even. It's very confusing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. I'm glad it's working. Is that why you moved out of the building? No, they were fine. I think I was just classic comedian living in a space meant for like one person with three people. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I can't do this. Okay. Was it a Craigslist roommate situation? Uh, One Craigslist roommate and then one like lifelong friend. Okay. So that was like an interesting, interesting dynamic. Now, are you still friends with that friend? I am. I really pride myself on that. Yeah. I've lived with like two very close friends and come out with my friendship undamaged. Ooh. So, yeah. Do you think that you are easy to live with? I think that I like really adapt to the lifestyle of the other person. Okay. So I'm not like a particularly neat or clean person, but I will do whatever they're doing. Oh, like a chameleon. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to be. I think so. Yeah. Because then you don't want to be like more clean than the other person too, because then you're resentful. So I'm like... I'm just going to match whatever you're doing Mm -hmm. and then I won't get frustrated. I think because I live with two guys now, Craigslist roommate situation, which is always a gamble, Mm -hmm. of course, Mm -hmm. but it just really worked out That's Um, because we clean every three weeks. I clean because one of us cleans every week Yeah, and none of us have to remind the other person that it's their turn. And that's just, that's just it. That's amazing. Now, who made that chart? It seems like something you might. Uh... It was no. I I I am. I think I lean more towards Type A than Type B, but yeah. I'm not uh, chart level Type A. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I thought you may have implemented that system, but I sort of um, accept where people are at and that they don't change. Okay. So if I have, if there's like, if I. Because ninety nine percent of my roommate situations have been a Craigslist roommate situation, yeah. Which is just like what happens when you do art in New York City, you know. So uh, if someone like leaves their dishes in the sink, I'm like, they leave their dishes in the sink, and I haven't made it yet. So therefore, I have to do their dishes, and I'm oh. not going to feel emotional about it. Okay, that is the key. Like if you're going to do other people's work, you have mm-hmm. to kind of like go, or else, yeah, drive me insane. My so. thing is like, uh, I'm going to put on my favorite music. Mm -hmm. while I do this person's dishes. And that sort of tricks my brain into, actually, I'm doing something fun right now. Yeah. Yeah. And ideally, you're at least living with someone who sees that their dishes have been done Mm -hmm. and then feel embarrassed. Yeah. And behave differently moving forward. Yeah. But you'd be surprised. I mean, (laughs) people... uh, I live with some pretty dirty people, honestly. Yeah. And it's... it's, it's, I remember this one roommate. This is going to sound so stupid, but he was very attractive. Mm. So I'm like, how is he dirty? Yeah. He <laughs> probably like, never needed to like. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. too busy being hot to like take care of himself ever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I definitely live with some interesting people in college. My one friend who I'm still good friends with. Mm-hmm. She. I don't know if this is good to say on air. Anyways, mm-hmm. she pooped in the bathroom and then told me that she called because it clogged it. She told me that she called the like campus people and she didn't so then like two days later 
there was still her poop. And, and I was like, are you not embarrassed that this is going on? And then I was like, did you actually put in a ticket? Because I didn't know how long the tickets were supposed to take. Mm -hmm. The plumbing ones are actually only supposed to be like an hour. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I guess they're just not coming. And so I ended up calling a private plumber. And then I found out like days later, she was like, oh, I never put the ticket in. Ugh. Isn't that insane? Dude, you got to handle your shit. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> yeah. God damn. So that was the worst probably situation. Yeah. So I also have a roommate poop situation. Okay. Because we, we went there. We went to poop very quickly into this conversation. Yeah, I, I mean, so five sorry. minutes in, I think it's okay. It is reasonable. Yeah. I didn't open with a poop joke. No. And this was a poop trauma. It's not a poop joke. So <laughs> I think that's well, really different. I, I, I have a poop trauma. Okay. So okay. Uh, my roommate, uh, actually the handsome guy, um, he would, uh, so he was a big guy too. So he would take big boy shits. Sure. And, um, you're trying he, to one up my trauma already. I am. I'm one upping you. <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, I know this happened to me. It's objectively worse. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's fair. He would leave his big poops in the toilet and then go about his day. I don't know if he had ADHD or okay. something, but he would, that the flush the toilet part of the, the sequence would frequently evade him. Okay. So sometimes he would. And sometimes he would not. I guess sometimes he he would, but I, it was a frequent occurrence. If the if the seat was down, like the the lid rather, oh my God. If the lid was down. It was like Russian roulette when I would. Okay, that's objective. Yeah, that is much much worse. And then I would be that's I, neglect. I'm like, yeah. hey man, and he's like, oh sorry, was there issues with the plumbing again? I'm like, there's no issues with the plumbing. Yeah, there's none. By the way, even if there was, it's your responsibility as an adult to make sure that your poop goes down the <laughs> yeah. toilet. Also, it wouldn't just be unaltered poop if mm -hmm. there was a plumbing issue. Like, yes. That is like, that's insane. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that wasn't even I the hope worst he roommate to this. Yeah. I, I hope, hope he does too. <laughs> <laughs> nice and guy. my ex roommate. Yeah. Very yeah. nice. Very <laughs> Maybe nice. we should introduce them. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps. That would be beautiful. Yeah. Uh, is that your worst roommate story? The the poop situation? Um. No. I have a much worse roommate story. Are you comfortable sharing with the audience? I guess so. I, <laughs> you know how we all like have dormant personality disorders that come out in college. Mm. And um, so I'm sure I was a very difficult person, but I also live with like three people who are also really unwell. Mm -hmm. And um, they wrote a list of reasons they didn't want to live with me anymore and then kicked me out of our dorm room. Yikes. Yeah. Can they do that? Yeah, they can. Damn. Well, I had to, I had to, I think I could have stayed there mm -hmm. if I, yeah, but why? <laughs> I wanted to, but that yeah. would have been really awkward, I think. I mean, there was a lot more going on. I don't mean to sound like a victim of this situation. Uh -huh. I think everyone was a victim. Okay. But that was definitely the most traumatic roommate situation that I've had. What were some of the reasons? <sighs> I like forgot some details about their lives that I probably should have remembered. I was also really depressed. I had gone home. We were also like all on the soccer team together for GW. Mm. And so like there was a lot of drama with like who was playing and not playing. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's so hard to say like, I don't know how I was because you know when you're like really depressed, you're mm -hmm. just like super not the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. And then when you like combine that with like three other people going through things and the stress of college athletics. Yeah. And well, I don't know like about the stress school. of college athletics. Oh, sorry. Not to like slip, <laughs> slip in. I'm D one, but um, yeah, it's like, yeah, it, it, it's just crazy. I don't mm -hmm. know. Yeah. Okay. Well, interesting. Uh, that sounds so we like covered poop, <laughs> poop and then uh, rejection, rejection, poop and rejection is the name of the episode. I don't uh, even name yeah. the episodes, but I'm going to start now. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and if any of them are happen to listen to this, um, I forgive you. Oh, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Hell yeah. They're probably like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. I but. don't for, uh, I do forgive the poop guy, okay. um, which is his name. Now the guy sure. later broke into my apartment and stole my iPad. I don't forgive him. Okay. That's fair. We're just putting it all out there. Mm -hmm. People know where they stand with us after this. Dude, I would love to live alone. It's like, Ugh. it's literally, it's why I hope I don't uh, run into the love of my life right now. Mm, you know what I mean? That's so fair. Because yeah. I live with roommates and then I'm like, I gotta live with her. 
Yeah. You know, I want the, I want a period of living by myself. I think that's, I think that that is my goal too. I mean, that's tough in New York, mm-hmm. but I went from my last roommate situation. Now I'm living with my brother and I'm in a committed partnership, but mm-hmm. we have discussed that I could live alone again before Ooh. we live together. Oh, that's interesting. Which is the dream. Cause I've, I've said so many times I want to live alone. Mm-hmm. Cause it really is. Have you ever lived alone? Um, Nope. I've lived with my parents <laughs> and I've lived with roommates. Uh, I was an RA in college, so I had my own oh, nice. dorm room, but on a floor where I was responsible for, it's a weird system that they have in America. If anyone's listening outside of America, we, we have the 20 year olds take care of the 18 year olds. Mm, I don't know why yeah. that was so, but I, so I don't consider and some that of them are anymore. so irresponsible. Some or of them like don't know how to do laundry. Yeah. And like emotionally irresponsible. I was definitely like seeking counsel from different RAs. For, and I was like, it, looking back, I'm like, this was a weird situation. Mm-hmm. We were all, yeah. not to bring up the athlete thing again, mm-hmm. but we all the athletes like live together uh-huh. really emotionally unregulated. It was just, it was strange. Um, yeah. I did live alone once though, and it's totally worth it. Yeah. I had a studio in DC um, and it was, there were so many cockroaches. <laughs> Like you would before I had an exterminator come like probably 20 times. You would like open up a drawer and there you would see cockroaches like run over my silverware. And I still <laughs> <laughs> loved living alone. I was like, this is worth it. It's uh, better than other people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Still better. They didn't make a fuss. They weren't out during the day. Mm-hmm. I didn't see them. I had to wash everything before I used it. Mm-hmm. And my girlfriend at the time would not come over. But mm-hmm. I was like, perfect. This is my <laughs> this is my house. Me and the cockroaches. Yeah. So Camille and the cockroaches. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, what a testament to how much living alone w- would rule. Wow, so you moved to New York and got away from the cockroaches. That's interesting. Away from the cockroaches, back to people. Yeah. So, yeah. So you would trade it all for, for moving <laughs> alone again? Yeah. I'd prefer, like, mice. I, I had a pet. Yeah. I, oh, I, sorry, I didn't have a pet mouse. I had okay. a mouse in my apartment in Harlem, and it didn't bother me at all. Okay. You lived in Harlem. I lived in Harlem. So Harlem, the first apartment I lived in in Harlem was the one where I had the most roommates. I had four roommates. It's too many. Five yeah. people. How many bathrooms? One bathroom. Okay. Yeah. That's like, no. Terrible. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and, and crazy people too. That's the thing is like, I'm, so my roommates can be, my roommates now are like a little loud sometimes. And I'm like, but they're not crazy. They're clean and not crazy. Yeah. So that's fine. They can be a little loud sometimes. I'm a heavy sleeper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes my one roommate has morning sex. And, oh. I, and I, there's nothing. Is there a wall? Like, are you? We do share a wall. Okay. And uh, I have to say, going on a bad date, going home, falling asleep alone, and waking up to the sounds of lovemaking is very hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds tough. Yeah. Um, but other than that, you get used to that sound, the sound of your upstairs neighbors moving furniture at three in the morning. You just get used that to sounds. White dogs still live in the building. I haven't noticed any dogs. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. You're so blessed. This dog like hated my roommate and I, and like the owner like didn't, it it would like, I mean, white dogs already terrible, but white dogs. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, they all have bad personalities is what I'm trying to say. Hmm. Not, yeah, I'm not trying to yeah come at, state a formal platform on this. Okay. But most of them have bad personalities. Okay. And this one was not an exception. Uh-huh. And it would just like run down the stairs and like ferociously bark at me and my roommate. And she'd be like, she wouldn't even apologize. You know, people just don't apologize. Was it a little dog? Um, How dare you? I was just kidding. It was a medium dog. Medium white. But I think that any dog, the smaller the white dog too, the more annoying. Ooh. And the more I expect. Yeah. Anyways, I just get off of this. I didn't realize how passionate I was. <laughs> um, if you're a white dog listening, yeah, I'm going to ask you to turn exactly. this off. Exactly. White dogs know where they stand with me as well. So, yeah. Yeah. The There's a certain type of dog owner where it's like uh, they feel no responsibility for how they're acting, mm-hmm. like how the dog is acting. And what I find particularly annoying is a large aggressive dog off a leash 
And then the owner will act like I'm an asshole for being like, I don't know, crossing the street or even being like a little trepidatious about their yeah. aggressive big dog that could, I don't know, chew my throat out if it's so pleased. Exactly. Because we don't know your dog. I'm sure your dog's nice. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Yeah. They're like, sure. oh, he's friendly. I'm like, oh, okay, stranger. Yeah. I also don't want the dog like jump. Like when people, when people just like giggle mm -hmm. about their, they're like, oh. He's mm -hmm. just, you know, like, skip down. Like, I'm yeah. like, this isn't, this is not funny. Yeah. Why don't, how about I jump on you and see how you like it? Huh? Yeah. Dog It'd be so awkward. Yeah. Be like, oh, sorry. Okay. It's just how I get sometimes. Yeah. I'm okay. just friendly. I'm glad that we <laughs> just saying hello. agree on this. Anyways, I'm sorry. I sidetracked us. I'm glad the dog doesn't live in the building any longer. Or I just, I'm like very unobservant or the dog likes me. Yeah. I was just going to say it might've been likes. me. The dog could sense my uh, immediate distrust of, yeah. Of white dogs. Yeah. It's probably what it was. Mm -hmm. Mystery Damn. solved. Yeah. Um, so you live with your brother. Yes. And you both live in New York. Yeah. That's exciting. Well, yeah. <laughs> that makes it, uh, that makes it a little better. I think because your roommate is like someone you're, yeah. I don't know. How, what is your relationship? We've lived together before, you oh, okay. know, but well, as children. So mm -hmm. that helps. Like you have some experience, you know what you're getting into. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a lot easier than living with a friend sometimes too, because it's easier to set like boundaries with family. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, I'm going to go like stay at my girlfriend's for a little, or like, I'm going to go spend time in my room. I don't know. It's just easier to communicate with someone. Mm -hmm. I guess not everyone would say that about their family, but we're very close and we're good friends. So I am an only child. So I'm always curious what people's relationships like with their siblings and how it works. Cause yeah. I know some people are like good friends with their siblings and some people are like, eh, that's a person I used to live with as a child. Yeah, that's so true. It could go either way. I suppose I have, I'm the youngest of four and we all just like happen to be very good friends. It's like that annoying, you know, it's like I grow up and I learn that people don't like their siblings. I'm like, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. It's just because I don't know if we're like deeply emotionally compatible people, but we just love the same thing. So we like all grew up playing sports and playing mm -hmm. piano and like just turning everything into a game. Mm -hmm. Like I don't remember like chatting very much, but it was just like we were always playing with each other. So we always just like look forward to being together and doing shit. I nice. Know. Yeah, it's really lovely. Not oh, yeah. to rub that in your yeah yeah I, I don't know I I like being an only child uh, I get the bulk of uh, the inheritance oh and <laughs> true true yeah I didn't consider that yeah yeah so that's nice um, and also uh, I don't know I think I'm I'm sort of because um, there's challenges that come with being the oldest and the youngest mm. and the middle I've heard so I don't have to deal with any of those but I do. Uh, I, I think I do well in solitude. Okay. But I also think that I was uh, lonely a lot growing up too. Mm -hmm. So uh, good and bad. Yeah. You know? That makes sense. Do you feel like, um, I just know people who are only children who feel like they were kind of treated as an adult sooner than people who had siblings, like oh, kind of assumed more because you're just hanging out with like two. Oh, I'm so sorry. I don't know if you were raised by two parents, but like, yes, just, I, I okay. was. Oh, that's interesting. So they're like, uh, yeah, we could just talk to you as if you're one of our friends. Yeah. Uh huh. Like, I've just heard that there's more expectations placed on maturity for only children. Interesting. I don't, I, I don't think I felt that, um, too much. I think, I think my, my parents were conscious of, uh, cause I think you could be an only child and be weird. So I think they were, uh, they were like, let's make sure he's not spoiled. Like, let's make sure he's socialized. Yeah. Um, all of that good stuff. So I, 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 yeah. Only children who are also like homeschooled mm -hmm. or only children who went to like extended Montessori style schooling, yeah. <laughs> I feel like have a higher likelihood of being weird, yeah. which isn't bad, mm -hmm. but makes it tougher socially. I think. Yeah, I uh, integrate. Yeah, I do. Oh, I will uh, say that like a pathology that I picked up for being an only child. That's too strong of a word, but okay. I, I uh, <laughs> we already said poop trauma. So I think <laughs> PT for sure. Yeah. Moving forward, guys, if we say PT, we're uh, <laughs> referring to the aforementioned poop trauma. Right. Because we talk about it so much. Mm. We do need to. Fecal catastrophe. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The FCPT. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, your uh, pathology. I uh, I do think that um, sometimes if I don't get, and I'm not an introvert, 
Um, actually, I think I lean towards extroversion, but I, uh, if, if I'm around people too much, it's, it's a little, it's a little too much for me, you know? Um, so like, I've never lived with a partner before yeah. and I'm, uh, be interesting to see what that experience would be like, because the tension between, uh, me and my, uh, last girlfriend was, she wanted to hang out more than I did. And it mm. wasn't because I, you know, it was only because I'm like, no, I need to be by myself. In case she's listening. In yeah. Case she's, she's not. Listening. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she is. Yeah. Um, I doubt any of my people are listening yeah. that I mentioned before. So feels anonymous, but mm-hmm. it is online forever. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things. Yeah. That's interesting. I think that's one of those like major compatibility issues mm-hmm. where, yeah, you can't really, especially if one person is taking it personally. Mm-hmm. Like I've definitely been with people where I want much more alone time and mm-hmm. it, because they love quality time, it's hard for them to like not interpret that as me just wanting alone time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Pathology. Yeah. What, is, what are some pathologies you have from being the youngest? <sighs> I I think I am pretty spoiled, honestly. Okay. Um, so I don't have like, I always have a sense of like, everything's going to be okay. Mm. And which I feel very fortunate, but like, I feel like I have a lot of people in my corner who would dig me out of any situation, Yeah, which is, yeah, probably not the smartest way to live. Um, yeah, a ton of perks. Like my brother works for an airline so I can like fly places for free. Um, my other brother, they're all very smart, but my other brother's like, a genius and he always like helped me with school stuff. My sister's like also super smart and like would literally, I feel like do anything for me. So yeah, maybe some learned helplessness. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm like independent, but I just mean like, I think being the youngest when you have a lot of people looking out for you kind of, yeah, it gives you a sense of like, maybe I not putting safety things in place mm-hmm. for yourself. And just be like, it'll work out because it always does kind of thing. Yeah. I I think that I was, um, I was like very optimistic, uh, in a way that, um, the only thing that pulled me out of it was, uh, getting older. Getting older will pull you out of optimism a little bit. Yeah. Because then like the more, I hurt my back the other day. I'm like, oh Oh, fuck. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Um, yeah, this year has been particularly depressing. Mm. I feel like across the board. Like, I feel like people feel more depressed, like are losing their optimism. I mean, not just, I'm just trying to say you're not special um, <laughs> by hurting your back. <laughs> I just feel like this holiday season, this, mm. like, obviously this time, like it just has like kind of a real weight to it. I feel like. Ooh, interesting. Um, we don't need to go there in this conversation. Just, no, no. Yeah. I think, uh. I always wonder if that's, that feeling is sort of amplified by social media because it's not cool to be like, I'm happy. You know, like yeah, no one wants to true. read a tweet like that. <laughs> yeah. So we only, yeah, yeah we, we only read like the, the extremes. Um, I had a nice Christmas. Oh, you did? Yeah, not the flex. Oh my gosh, amazing. Mm-hmm. I feel, feel like the older I, I get though, the more I actually like Christmas. Yeah. Because um, I liked it like as a little boy with all the presents and stuff. Um, but now I'm just like, oh wow, no work. And I get to hang out with my family and I'll allow myself to have one, possibly two pieces of pie. Mm. And, uh, yeah, that is okay. Mm -hmm. I like that perspective. I, I feel like the holidays, it's not that I didn't have like a good Christmas. I just Mm. feel like they get sadder every year. Like the nostalgia element really overpowers the impending joy for me oh okay yeah are you uncomfortable with nostalgia yeah i think so Mm. now that we're talking about this because like maybe because in all respects everything went really well and i spent a lot of quality time with family Mm. um and yeah everyone's like doing well so yeah i think it's just that that it's just really was very pointed this year like just the poignant is that the word i'm looking for I'm not sure. Is that how, how you say that? I have no idea. P O I G N A N T. Oh, yes. It's like poignant. Worcestershire poignant. sauce where you just say it real quick. And- yeah. Like in my mind, that whole like the sentence before it, I was like, I'm going to say that word. Mm-hmm. I changed it to pointed because mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to say the word wrong. Um, And now here I am just over explaining that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. beautiful. 
I hope everyone learned something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually pretty famous for like, have you ever watched Trailer Park Boys? Um, I think I know the premise. Yeah, it's the rednecks that live in um, uh, Canada and the trailer park. And the the one guy, Ricky, he like he always uses like words and idioms incorrectly. Mm. And I feel like I'm doing that constantly. Yeah. Like, like he says water under the fridge. Oh, and I'm like, I'm always nervous that I'm going to say that in mixed company and people are going to be like, oh, this guy's yeah. an idiot. I think that like I spend so much time alone and I spend so much more time reading than I do actually like speaking aloud to people. Mm -hmm. And I actually um, people don't believe this, but a side effect of one of my medications is actually like vocabulary issues and like switching words and like spelling issues. Mm -hmm. um, it's called like word finding. And so I feel like over the years, because I just mostly read things and I have those issues, I'm mm -hmm. so afraid to speak out loud uh -huh. sometimes, which is not good for like a stand-up comedian yeah. <laughs> to be like, I'm probably saying everything wrong because it's so, it feels so embarrassing to mm -hmm. say something wrong. And I mm -hmm. think that's like, you know, just probably my own elitism getting in the way, but. Yeah, it's the issue I run into, it, it, I think somewhat related is I get like mush mouth sometimes. Mm. And so sometimes like a punchline will just be ruined because mm -hmm. I just like, like say it incorrectly or yeah. say it too fast. And then you just kind of have to let that one go. Yeah. You're just like, I'm just gonna, yeah. Cause I, I truly feel in comedy, like my mindset with something like that is just moving past anything that doesn't going go well and just continuing to project a sense of confidence. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like anytime I like whatever over a word, I'm mm -hmm. just like, yep, that was on purpose. <laughs> but the, the, Clearly wasn't. For, yeah. for me, uh, I feel like uh, a great moment in me growing as a comedian is when I would fuck up or something wouldn't work and then it just wouldn't bother me that much. Yeah. Because when sure. I was very new, if I fucked up a punchline, I'd be like, ah, you guys don't think I'm funny. And yeah. Then like, oh, yeah. Okay, let's see how the next eight minutes go now. Exactly. Or like you'd have to call attention to mm -hmm. it and like, yeah, do something self-deprecating. Um, or I used to do something where I would kind of carry that mistake through the rest of the set, like yeah. as a bit, mm -hmm. which is like always going to get a laugh, but mm -hmm. it's like, you know, it's, it's protecting yourself mm -hmm. a little bit. Like, and it's not, you know, at some level, it's not clever. Yeah. It's, it's, it's always, uh, um, with experience, you like learn, uh, how much to call attention to something that was yeah. weird. I remember the other end of that spectrum was um, I saw a comedian one time get on stage and as he was walking on stage, he s comically slipped. Yeah. Like he slipped in and fell in such a way that we thought it was like part of the act. Oh my like God. Like a pratfall. Like a banana peel. Like a banana. Like he stepped oh on a God. banana peel and and he was okay. Yeah. Got up immediately and went, oh, okay, so I'm originally from Japan. Oh, that's funny. And then just went into without yeah. addressing it at all. I love that. That I mean, I liked uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the stoicism of that. Yeah. But I'm like, you do sort of have to address that you just ate it in front of all of us. Yeah. Unless it is like a clowning thing. And it was but it wasn't. It wasn't. He really did. Because I talked to him I was like, was that like a bit? I, was, I was like, I was trying to figure out, dude, like why? How did that tie in? He was like, oh, no, I fell. And I'm like, That's you didn't bring awesome. it up. Yeah. And he was like, well, you know, people fall. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I did fall one time coming on stage to do an hour, mm -hmm. but it wasn't like a full on fall. Mm -hmm. I tripped over a wire, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and I did address it, but I feel like tastefully. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely don't think I could have just gone up and started my set. Without making fun of myself. I saw a guy, because you you could definitely go too far in the other direction. There was a guy that did a joke that was like, uh, it was kind of like, ah, women. Like yeah. That was the punchline of the joke. And it was just fine. It was fine. And right. no one was mad. No one was mad. Yeah. And he was like, I'm just, I'm not sexist. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. you sort of, yeah, yeah. you sort of, you, you just gotta, you gotta go into whatever you're doing. You can't, you can't do like an edgy joke and be like, is everyone mad at me? Yeah. <laughs> no, I really respect people who just very much own, because I, I think it is tough to, especially if you're doing something ironic, mm -hmm. to really like own that first 75% of the set mm -hmm. where like people aren't sure mm -hmm. and then get people to come around on it. Mm -hmm. Like that always ultimately is like funnier and makes more of an emphasis. You got to commit to the bit. 
For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I do none of that character work in my act so i don't have to deal with that awkwardness yeah i don't do too much alty stuff except when i say the gettysburg address in its entirety oh yeah i do do that which is very weird but um i enjoy it i feel like i learn something every time i watch you perform ah that's more than i can say for a lot of comedy (laughs) or my own um i like uh watching you on stage because you're very um a stream of consciousness i feel like and I don't know how much of it is streamed of consciousness and how much of it is written, but it comes across as purely stream of consciousness. Thank you. That means a lot. I do strive for that. I, some of it definitely is. And mm-hmm. I feel like some of the written stuff is from stream of consciousness of like telling the jokes other times. So mm-hmm. I'm glad it comes across that way. Um, Cause that can be hard to manufacture for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like consistently. Um, yeah. And you're one of the uh, people that I feel like I don't hear repeat themselves as often as I hear other people repeat Mm. themselves. And this is coming from someone that repeats themselves a lot Mm. on stage. Yeah. I, it's not like anything other than I just get so bored of myself Mm -hmm. because I actually don't think my jokes are very interesting. Like a lot of it is in, I I mean, like, I I don't want to say that. Like, I think what I'm saying is ultimately interesting. Mm. Um, but I, just get tired of myself saying, especially the stuff that I wrote that was more like off the cuff or like, I don't want to say that too many times because then it doesn't feel good anymore. So I end up writing a lot, but none of it's very polished, but like, you know, it just, it comes across better for me when I'm doing new stuff more often. And sometimes the audience can tell, they could tell like, Oh, this is, this is like, they're speaking from the heart and a lot of the world we're speaking from the heart, but oh, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I go up there with a piece of paper and I look at it and I look at them and I shake my head and I crumble it and I throw it behind me and go, I'm just going to speak. This from is the heart. from, yeah. Dating in New York is hard. That's how, <laughs> yeah. That's what I do. Uh, it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. But if I, 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 I know it's going to come every time I have a new bit and I'm like, this is fresh and I can do it. I can yeah. do it. I'm like, eventually I'm going to say it and something about my energy the audience is going to look at me and be like, why did you write this down, memorize it, and then say it to us? I know. know? Sometimes the magic comes back, Mm -hmm. maybe even a year or two later, but often it's just gone. I think also having social media and having to edit my jokes Mm -hmm. like and hear them over and over again totally ruins them for me. Like Once I put a joke online, it's very hard for me to tell it again. Not that I don't. like I I certainly do tell them again, but like it it takes the magic out. I don't know. I feel bad for the comedians that are just starting now because I think there's a lot of pressure to put stuff on Instagram right away, Mm -hmm. captioned it, hashtags, all that stuff. Because I I mean, I did my first open mic in May and then didn't do my first bar show until the following December. Mm, yeah. And then for years after that, I was anonymous. Like the only people that heard my jokes were like the people that came to these weird bar shows in, in New York or other comedians. Yes. I think that helps so much. Like definitely until TikTok, I didn't really put any of my jokes online mm. and I just have so much. So I didn't feel guilty doing, yeah, the same sets and actually like working out material. Mm -hmm. But now it feels like I get really excited about a joke. I know I'm going to lose momentum on it. So I'll like dump it online. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, it doesn't feel as exciting or like, I mean, I, not that I have a large fan base by any means, but Mm -hmm. I do feel like, oh, when people come to my show who like me online, I want them to see new stuff. Like I want them to see things they haven't before. And the reality is that some of those jokes that I post online because they're the punchiest mm-hmm. are going to be like my openers or my closers, yeah. you know. Uh-huh. So I don't know. It just it loses a little bit of its organicness to me. Manufactured organicness. Manu- oh, <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. Dude, if we didn't already settle on poop trauma as the name of the episode, manufactured uh, organicness. Orga- is, is Yeah, is organicness a word? Or manufactured? Well, you know how like Shakespeare mm. invented new words? Oh, true. He just yeah. said, okay. Mm-hmm. And we're modern day Shakespeare? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So before you Works were a comedian, you were a college athlete. Yes. D1, which stands for division one, yeah. which is the best division, I understand. The best one. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, I played soccer. I had a lot of injuries in college though. So it was kind of a, and then I ultimately left the team because I had like a series of concussions and I just didn't want to like. I played center back. So it's a lot of heading, a lot of like going up for headers and people elbowing you in the head and stuff. Um, so I kind of just decided, I was like, this isn't worth it. And so I quit soccer junior year, halfway through. 
I joined the band, tried a bunch of other things. And then the following fall, I found stand up in 2016. So nice. Yeah. That's when I started too. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's when all the greats were starting. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I did the same thing. I like did a, I did a set that fall and then like not again until February, 2017. And then I didn't really start. I feel like until like March. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I did my first open. I did open mics like religiously. Oh, I'm saying it, it wasn't oh, until boss. December, I see. Yeah, that yeah. Some, which I, I, I feel like it moves faster now. Yeah. Or maybe I was, I've always been shitty at networking. That might've been oh my God, I'm so bad. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I understand now what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. You I, had a lot of time protected time where you weren't doing like yeah <laughs> i think also the scene here is so different though so like in because you started in new york yes yeah mm -hmm. so like in dc you kind of start doing bar shows and showcases immediately there's not a huge there are true open mics but like truly not a lot of sign up open mics okay um so i feel like then when i started i was just doing book shows okay right away which was helpful but. oh that sounds amazing yeah oh my god it's lovely <laughs> yeah yeah i was in for a rude awakening uh moving to new york my five years later my friends down south were like yeah you get 20 minutes like right away you yeah. can just find a room where with with an audience yeah you know my you, my first mm -hmm. bar show was like it was the day after christmas and i think that's why i got booked for it because a lot of people were out of town mm. but i got the message on christmas eve and i was like i will wake up early the day after christmas and take the train back to new york to do this bar show oh my god in front of i want to say four confused tourists yes mm -hmm. probably and yeah. i did very bad material i literally i have like nothing from my first year of doing stand-up mm. like it was literally all garbage i think that's fine you gotta find your voice like mm. i've thrown out so much from the first like three years of doing stand-up mm -hmm. just yeah oh that's so exciting yeah i feel like it's, it's just different like in dc once you kind of because there's less comedians it's sorry bump this mm -hmm. um it's just a little more curated so you can go out once you're known in dc you can go do like three 10 to 15 minute sets a night like but some night, you know, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh -huh. easily. And they're also close together mm -hmm. and in front of packed audiences. Oh my God. That's it's amazing. like, a, it's, <laughs> I think it's like one of the best cities for a comedian starting out just because okay. of the like access to stage time. Mm -hmm. And it's like a big enough city that you have like good resources. Um, so that's my plug. If you're listening to this. Yeah. If you want to do stand up comedy, move to Washington, DC. Yeah. And then don't move to New York too late. So you feel like you're starting over yeah. five years into your career. <laughs> Is that what it felt like? Oh my God. Yeah. Cause I've been here like two years now and mm -hmm. I feel like, and the first year I lived in the Bronx. So I, I just like, wasn't really, mm -hmm. I guess maybe coming up on like two and a half years, mm -hmm. but I have been doing stand up like five years. I moved here and it like literally was like starting over. Cause I basically like my network was people who moved from DC to New York and they're all actually doing really well, <laughs> the other people. Um, so I had them. But then it was literally like, yeah, I just had to go to mics and meet people and produce shows, which I ended up really liking. But I definitely never had to do that before. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You have to really like carve out your corner here, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm I'm awful at producing shows, awful at marketing. Oh. I'm just getting better at marketing myself. That's good. Yeah. yeah unfortunately, you got to do it. But yeah, it's when and I, yeah. I, I hate being complimentary about myself. It feels gross. And that that's actually what, which is stupid because I do feel worthy enough that people should pay money to hear me talk. Right. So yeah. I should just, I should just, because why else are you doing? Exactly. It. Right. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's so tough. Yeah. I mean, I'm comfortable with saying I'm, I'm, I'm funny, but then when I have to go like, I've performed here and here and there and oh here my are God. my accolades. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's but so terrible. We're going to get over that. I think maybe we will. Yeah. I, whenever I promote for something like big, I have a couple bigger things coming up and whenever I promote, I have to be self-deprecating in the, and I have to say something like funny about myself or mm -hmm. like, 
you know, I always have to make fun of myself. And one of my friends, Caitlin, like a couple of years ago, she was like, Camille, irony is out. Like, yeah. like people don't want to see like that type of mm -hmm. irony anymore. They just want like people to be like, Hey, I worked really hard on this mm -hmm. and I'd love for you to come. Like mm -hmm. people actually respond to that sincerity more than self-deprecation. And I think people like, uh, because there, there's so many like comedy nerds now, people that listen to about comedy on podcasts that they understand the struggle. Mm. Um, and that things are a work in progress and they, they like seeing the product knowing that it's that. You know yes. what I mean? So yeah. you'd be like, I worked hard on this. They're like, okay, I'll watch it. You know? Right. I know. Okay. I'm going to try to be better. I've, I've tried to be better about like, at least in, in like retrospective, mm -hmm. like, you know, if I have a photo from a show or something that went really well being like, this went really well. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't mm -hmm. even say like, I'm great. Like, but you know, just saying I'm thankful and like, mm -hmm. I had a good experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's the most I can do right now. No, hundred percent. And, uh, uh, how, how are you with taking compliments? Oh, very bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good. I do this I mean, thing now yeah. where, uh, if someone says like, you had a good set, I'll go, thank you. I'm very, I'm very talented. Like oh, I almost funny. lean into the other direction. Yeah, yeah. Because it's still like me being a silly goose, but also accepting the, the compliment. Yeah, that's really good. I might have to steal that and then people will know I stole it from this. Mm -hmm. Joke stealing is accepting compliments. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that compliments really mean a lot to me, perhaps like too much. So or they mean so much to me in the moment and then it's very thin, like it dissipates and then I'm like, actually, it was terrible, you know. Um, but I think because they're so emotionally loaded for me in the moment, I just, yeah, I don't know how to process it or like properly like thank someone, I mm -hmm. think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially if I'm talking about something more sincere and someone comes up and talks to me about something sincere related to what I talked about mm -hmm. or like tells me like this meant something to me because of this. And I want like, that feels so good to me because rarely, you know, do I have an opportunity for like my art to do something like that? Um, but yeah, it's overwhelming to me. I don't know. I'm bad at it as you'd expect. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So here comes the big question from the podcast. Okay. And I want you to think about this. Okay. Are you a morning person or a night person? So I haven't listened to other people's answers on this. I'm afraid that people will have already said my answer, but I actually thought about this mm -hmm. and I talked to my girlfriend about it mm -hmm. and we decided that I'm like decidedly both. So between like seven and 10 AM mm -hmm. and then after 10 PM, I'm like a happy, productive, great person. And then between 10 AM and 10 PM, I take like three naps and I get like wildly depressed, but truly like, I, but I, when I'm really depressed in the middle of the day, I'm like, I know I'm going to feel amazing later and mm -hmm. tomorrow morning. So like I can get through this. Okay. Yeah. So that's my answer. That is, that's a fascinating, no one's ever given that answer oh, before. Oh, thank God. Okay. Yeah. At least okay. I'm original. Yeah. Yeah. Although I will say few people are afternoon people. That's true. No one thrives in the middle of the day. Clinically they've proven mm -hmm. that that's. Yeah, not set up for success. Especially now where it's fucking dark at 4.15 in the oh afternoon. God. And you're yeah. like, the whole the whole day is gone. I just get window. immediately sad, like once the sun goes down. And then there's a lot of time mm -hmm. before 10 p.m. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's rough. <laughs> yeah. What, is, what about you? Um, I think if I didn't do comedy, I would be a morning person. Oh. But I do do comedy, so I can't That's be. Fair. And be, because I love my sleep. This... This is a new development in my life, which I don't know how I feel about, is that now I wake up before the alarm oh. after sleeping. Uh, and I quit my day job a few months ago. So mm -hmm. uh, uh, for the first time, that's like I have enough time to be able to do that. But um, I get like more than eight, less than nine hours of sleep. Okay. And then I, I so I wake up naturally. Oh. Um, but I fell asleep late last night. Because my roommates were having a party, which is fine. But I woke up having slept like six and a half hours, which is not enough sleep. Yeah. But, but you, you're so trained to get up at that time. Trained to wake up after 
8 a.m. but before 9 Mm a.m. maybe a little after 9 a.m. and so I set my alarm for 10 knowing that that would give me seven hours of sleep and then I woke up like around nine and I was like ah, I got six six and a half hours of sleep yeah because it used to be it used to be that if I didn't set an alarm I would sleep for 12 or 13 hours which is too much sleep when you get up huh do you have caffeine usually when you get up so this is a new development. I wonder if they're related <laughs> is that I used to be caffeine, like, like make it as soon as my eyes are open. Yeah. And then Dr. Andrew Uberman, bro science. Okay. He said that, uh, you should wait an hour. Yeah. An hour so and you na- naturally wake up or whatever. And so I've been doing that. Yeah. And I wonder if the two things are related. I just found that like, cause I, I do try to delay it a little bit. Um, but it's just like what really gets me out of bed in the morning. Um, but I don't know. I think that my body still just naturally wakes up anticipating the caffeine at 730. Oh, okay. And so like I'll delay, ha- but I wake up and it's like, where's the caffeine? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's what's going on. For well, you, I w- but- I do wake up craving the coffee. Yeah. And then, but I have this like routine that I do that, uh, that puts it off. Um, so I'm like, no, you'll have the coffee when it's time to have the coffee. Sure. Sure. And, uh, and an hour, an hour and a half, it's fine. If I wait longer than that, I will get a headache because, yes, I am addicted to coffee. Mm-hmm. I'm addicted to As caffeine. we all are. Yes. Okay. Uh, not all of us. Oh, Have you met shoot. these non-caffeine people? I have, but mm-hmm. mm, yeah. Who are they really? <laughs> I feel skeptical? like most, <laughs> most, most comedians, because I think that yeah, we're all like a little on the ADHD spectrum or of like neurodivergence or, you know, I don't want to speak to this and I don't want to like self-diagnose or mm. diagnose a mass of people, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I feel like people, creative people have found caffeine to be like just such a natural way of like actually being able to focus on mm-hmm. what you're doing. Yeah. Um, otherwise it's just like a chaotic mess mm-hmm. and yeah. And artists are the coolest people to talk to. So yeah. Yeah. The coffee, uh, it, I I think more than any because I, I I've thought about uh, quitting caffeine because mm-hmm. I'm like it's one of those it's like like cigarettes are like it doesn't make you calmer you feel more anxious having not had the cigarette yes that thing so I think co- coffee is the same thing it doesn't wake you up it's just that you get tired if you don't have it so if you go through a period where you just don't drink coffee but I didn't drink coffee for a whole month and I was very sad the whole time yes I think it's <laughs> it's gonna take too long to get out of our systems mm-hmm. we're like about the same age right mm-hmm. and we've been drinking coffee how long I've been drinking coffee like 12 years like Ooh. it's not gonna it, that's just for life now yeah yeah and it's fine because nobody listen I am addicted to it but no one drives their car into a tree because they drank too much coffee. There you go. Yeah. So yeah. it's fine. Let yourself mm-hmm. be addicted to something that's not that bad. Yeah. Lovely. Agreed. Do you have a vice? Oh, um, procrastination. Oh, I'm a big procrastinator. Yeah. Um, aided by needing my conditions to be optimal mm-hmm. at all. So like, oh, I can't start my work until I'm like, on the couch in this position and my tea is hot. Oh no, my tea is not hot. I have to reheat my tea. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, there has to be the right amount of ambient noise. So like just really chronic avoidance procrastination mm-hmm. that I tell myself, I just don't have the right conditions to succeed. Yeah. You're like, I can't start doing work until it's five fifteen. Yeah. Uh Oh, I'm going to take a four minute nap Yeah, and I'll be ready <laughs> to do my work. <laughs> what I noticed that I do is like, uh, cause I'm married to my iPhone reminders. Mm. Because I just will forget. I'll forget things. Yeah. I mean, I've had friends make fun of me because they're like, we're meeting for dinner tomorrow. I'm like, yeah. And I'm like literally putting it into my calendar. They're like, you can't remember tomorrow. I'm like. Maybe not. Possibly not. Yeah. And even things like uh, shave. Because I shave every other day. Um, So I have literally shave in in my calendar. I think that's smart. It's mm-hmm. it's like personal accountability too. And mm-hmm. you feel like you can check more things. But off. also the, you could go into the other direction where it's like, uh, oh, if I put some, if I move the reminder to t- four, 12, 24 hours from now, yeah, that's sort of like I did something. And it's oh. actually, you didn't do anything, Bobby. And you know, you didn't yeah. do anything. Actually, that's true. I've been putting off a task like that. I've been snoozing it a day at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. People are having fun outside. I know. Yeah. (laughs) 
There's uh, I, lo- I like the studio. There's a lot of um, there's a barbershop. Do you want to get a haircut so after this? I, I absolutely do because mm-hmm. I have a show coming up and I need to like, I don't really know. I get the same exact haircut every time or that I tell them the same thing and they do something different every time. Yes. Yeah. And so. in this neighborhood, sometimes I go to a Dominican barbershop and they make my hair too Dominican. Mm. But I don't know how to how to say make it less, less Dominican. Less Dominican. <laughs> I get that because sometimes like people do this line a little harsher. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of like overall going for boy from love actually mm, so i want it to be um the guy in game of thrones joe jojen oh okay mm-hmm. and um so it's like fluffy here and mm-hmm. then like close here but not like not like a fade you know yeah. so it dep- definitely depends on where i go mm-hmm. <laughs> what it looks like so we'll, start, I, we'll try this place out i'm new to having like longer hair i, mm-hmm. I shaved my hair from the time I was, oh, I don't know, 15 until like a few months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, I like it better this way. But you do have to get your hair cut more often. Yes. Yeah. So it's like more expensive to have better hair. I probably get my hair cut every like five weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm on the same wavelength. Yeah. Yeah. But it's definitely, ugh, it's too long right now. So mm-hmm. I hear what you're saying. I'll get a haircut. Definitely <laughs> too long. Yeah. yeah. You know. But just before you come on in the podcast next time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know. I should have thought about that. Uh. So do you have a morning routine? Morning routine. Um, yeah, I mean, nothing extensive, really. No, it's, it's not going to be interesting to say. Mm-hmm. I get up and then at some point I have coffee. I have to eat breakfast or I'm like a miserable person. So breakfast person. And yeah, I just need to have a warm beverage. And then I work on my actual job for a little bit. And then I try to work on creative stuff before I get depressed. Then mm-hmm. I don't, don't do anything. That's it. Yeah. That's my morning routine. No, that's beautiful. First yeah. of all, you know what I, I love is because uh, um, when I asked you if you're a morning or night person, you said, I don't know if someone has said this before. And then you gave me an answer that no one said before. Yeah. But everyone says as they're describing their morning routine that it's not going to be interesting to anybody. Oh, okay. Okay. So I am boring. Well, yeah, I just, I wish that I <laughs> no, that's like how everyone. That, yeah. Because, because the, the reason I created the, this podcast is because I ask people that all the time. Cause I'm interested yeah. in that. Cause I think it says a lot about a person and oh, great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But it is very funny that you and multiple guests have been like, I don't think this will go anywhere. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause I'm just like, I want to be the type of person who's like, I get up and I work mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. and then I have like a smoothie. Um, I put an asterisk yeah. to those people. I think they're hiding something. They, they get up at 5am and they go to the gym. What's happening? Yeah. Dude, I did that. For like a month. Yeah. And it was not sustainable. Yeah. It's, I mean, you feel good. I did this thing that my girlfriend saw on TikTok called Delusion Day, where you do all these things that like seem like delusions to you. So like going to the gym before 6 a.m. or like, you know, cooking every meal and like, and I could do it for one day Uh and that's it. But I also like, I used to work out, you know, because I was a D1 athlete, Mm -hmm. you know, um, very seriously like i would get up before classes i had to get up at like 5 40 to catch the shuttle to Mm -hmm. like work out and like practice run lift like didn't get back to class till 11 so it's like hours years of that much working out Mm -hmm. and since then i've never been able to establish a routine really yeah so what's your relationship like to exercise now (sighs) like twice a week I lift for 15 minutes, mm. um, like very light weights. Mm-hmm. And I try to do cardio once a week Ooh. and then I walk places. You do a lot of walking in New York. Yes. So I think I just naturally like stay a little fit from walking. Mm-hmm. Um, That's how I justify not doing cardio myself. I'm like, I'm in New York. I'm walking all the time. Yeah. Well, you've been going to the gym a lot, right? I go to the gym a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's uh uh, it's, it's almost like, to me, it's like a game at this point. Mm-hmm. I've, I've even been bulking and cutting as if I'm a bodybuilder. Yes. I'm, well, a, I'm on a caloric seriously. surplus now, folks. Oh, okay. Yes. But I'm a tiny man. <laughs> so that means I'm eating like 2,200 calories a day. Okay, I definitely eat that much yeah. a day. <laughs> um, yeah. Dude, I was watching this uh, uh, this video and this guy was like, yeah, I'm, I'm eating at a, it's pretty rough. I'm eating, eating at a calorie deficit right now, only 3,500 calories. And I'm like, oh, 
Oh my god! Yeah, I've been I've been trying this joke on stage is I want to be taller and that's it's not so I could get more girls it's so I could eat more food. Yeah, that's so fair. You only eat twenty two hundred calories a day. And I'm bulking. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know what it is. I don't I, even know. I yeah. think my body naturally, for whatever reason, wants to put all the food in my abdomen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when I was like when I was overweight, I really did have the the Homer Simpson thing going on. Got it. Okay. Where I look like a pregnant man. Mm, and, okay. And I wasn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I have never, I haven't counted a calorie in a long time, but I should probably. So, because it sounds like what your relationship to exercise was, is that you're, it, it was a, it was a, like a destination pursuit. It was like, I have to be good at soccer. Yeah. And here's the things that I have to do to make sure that my body is good to be ready. Yes, be definitely. And we were like, yeah, it was just very like protein heavy. I probably was about 25 pounds more, but just in muscle like, yeah. of what I am right now. So Hell like, yeah. it was just like protein working out. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it, exactly. Like I didn't really, yeah, weight or uh, other factors weren't involved in like that other than, yeah, soccer. So now and I don't have soccer. So why would I do that? <laughs> but even going to the gym twice a week is like more than what most people do. Mm, yeah. I don't know if you saw like literally my workouts are between 12 and 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. I do like four exercises three times mm-hmm. and then I'm like, bye. I think the gym, the people at blank are confused every time. They're like, oh, like you're barely sweating. Yeah. I'm just like, all right, bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But um, that's better than being there for an hour and looking at your phone for 45 minutes. That's true. I mm-hmm. don't do that. I'm very efficient. Mm-hmm. I keep my phone in the locker and then just go. Yeah. You work out without music. Yeah. So just, you just have your thoughts clinking around in your head while yeah. you're exercising? Yeah. Well, um, I have a lot of uh, compulsive counting things I have to do at all times. So okay. it's just easier if I don't also have music playing. Is that related to the exercise? Um, maybe like aggravated by anxiety around exercise, but it's, yeah, it's like, oh, are you counting throughout your, I'm, I I don't think we have enough time to fully explain the compulsions, but, um, yes, but it's a lot of, I, a lot of stuff I need to keep track of, Mm -hmm. um, like the amount of water I'm sipping and the increments and number of sips and the number of reps and like, if I do the wrong reps on a side. I have to like double and then back and and then do both sides. So there's a lot to keep track of. So it's just better if there's no music. Oh yeah. You can't yeah. have another element of. Yeah. Cause then I'll be like, did I do anything? And I have to start over. Dude. I, it's, yeah. it's, it's funny you said that. Cause I was just joking. My, my friend Elia has OCD. Yeah. And that's OCD, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, cause I was, cause he's like, I'm not an exercise guy. And I'm like, you would love exercise. It's yeah, counting. It really you love is. counting. I know. I feel bad. I have such boring compulsions. They're like <laughs> so stereotypical OCD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's very fun. Actually, one time I did meet someone with OCD that, that did the hand washing thing. And yeah. I'm like, oh, the classic. Like, yeah. No, truly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I know so many, um, it's interesting. I know, I'm sure I know tons of people that have OCD, but because we, uh, we have, we're in comedy and you're supposed to talk about yourself. Yeah. So I have this thing in my head. I'm like, it's not that comedians are more likely to have it is that they're more likely to talk about it publicly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it does seem there are a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But that goes back to your theory that, uh, um, uh, comedians, uh, verge neurodivergent. I, I think that they do. Cause mm-hmm. yeah, but maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think that if, yeah, I, I, here's my theory on it is that if your, your willingness to, uh, make all the sacrifices that you have to sacrifice, mm-hmm. uh, to do comedy, that's a sign that you might be neurodivergent. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just that you find yourself in this field mm-hmm. is probably, yeah. Like, yeah, I'll live with roommates in my thirties. I don't care. I'll be surrounded by cockroaches. I don't, yeah, yeah, I have, exactly. to, I have I things care. I need to, to pursue say. my art and live yeah. alone. Yeah. That's fair. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Well, I, I commend you on the, uh, on the exercising. Oh, um, thank you. I'm doing my best. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. and I like that. It seems like you're at maintenance. Yes. And I admire yes. that because I'm always, I'm a, like stereotypical boy. I want to get bigger. I always want to yeah. get bigger and stronger. And somebody asked me, when will I know that I'm big and strong enough? And I didn't, I didn't have an answer for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you think on that, yeah, but I won't sure. take any vitamin S I won't do it. Any vitamins? <laughs> Vitamin S meaning steroids. Oh, I didn't even know. <laughs> didn't want to say steroids I... because of the algorithm. Oh, 
Oh, well, then you said it. I'm so sorry. I didn't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm actually anti-vitamins in general. Really? Um, not all vitamins, but do your research because I've definitely, I've taken vitamins because I like was like, oh, this will help with this condition I have. And mm. they've made me really sick because it's just they're unregulated. Like I was taking like B12 and something else. It gave me like a lot of stomach problems. And I don't mean to like, okay, sorry. Let me take it back. I'm not anti-vitamins. By the way. I'm just, yeah, both physicians. <laughs> Please take that. Um, I sort of have a this. background in med- No, just kidding. But um just they're not all just do your research mm-hmm. because it's it they're it's unregulated. It's crazy that we just like are like, let's try this, but it's all stuff you're putting in your body. Some of it like reacts with mental health drugs. I was taking a uh, vitamin that I didn't realize like was absorbing my my uh mood stabilizer mm-hmm. for a while so it's just scary you have to like really mm. do your research that's all you're that's like all i have say. more vitamin d but i am sad yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i started taking vitamin d because the doctor told me to um redheads are known for their vitamin d deficiencies sure. um and uh i stopped taking it because uh i was like let's see what happens mm. so um a year from now i'm gonna go to a doctor and see if I still have a vitamin D deficiency. Interesting. Because if I don't, if I don't have to take vitamin D pills anymore, that would save me about $10 a month. Yeah. Professional. Those things add up. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. So Camille, if people want to DM you, possibly ask for um, medical advice, how can they do so? Oh, wow. Um, My Instagram and TikTok are at Camille Roberts verified. And that's all in the handle. Hell yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, guys, definitely follow Camille. Uh, you're going to be back on. This is a great conversation. I feel like we just scratched the surface. Yes, absolutely. I Hell had a great yeah. time. Thank you. Yes. And guys, remember early to bed, early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. <laughs> I'm just playing night owls. You know, I love you. <laughs> Thank you.